You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. Before we jump into our interview with our guest this morning, I want to thank the Good Men Project from the bottom of my heart for supporting our podcast and our program, our new nonprofit to help chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs. Without you, we would not be able to reach as many people as we have been, especially in these past couple of months. So I tip my hat to you. Also, I want to invite you to head on over to Barnes & Noble and pick up my new book, an Amazon bestseller, Six Success, The Entrepreneur's Prescriptions for Turning Pain into Purpose and Profit. This is not just a book about my story, but it's a book about your story and continuing your story to the best of your ability to ensure that you have the mindset tools within you to live your optimum life. I met my guest today when we were working together. She was doing some project management work for a former partner of mine and I, and she did a fantastic job. Since then, I have seen her emerging more strongly into the world as not only a PM, but a coach. She is a phenomenal coach, a perennial uplifter, and she is a woman who happens to be living with a chronic disease, and it can be quite tricky at times to manage. Jamie Thurber is a study in resilience. She is a real life example of how to come back when life repeatedly tries to hold you down. Please welcome the pinnacle of hope today on the Sick Biz Buzz, Jamie Thurber. Jamie Thurber is in the Sick Biz Buzz studio today. And I am so delighted you are here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God, girl. And and people don't know that we have really had this date for, like, years. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like, we've circled the drain with each other. Like, should we do that? Let's do this. I don't know. Maybe. And then, because we're both um, little sicklings sometimes... We could not coordinate our wellness to get this done. And it's like, I hate it, but I love it at the same time. Yes. You know, yes. it's so nice to be understood, but I'm sorry that you understand. I 100% agree. Like, I, I feel that so much. Like, <laughs> 100%. I know, I know. So let's get to know you. Let's familiarize. Boy, that came out wrong. Let's familiarize ourselves with everything about you. You are an ass kicker. And that's basically, I mean, you even proclaim that in your marketing, that you will kick people's butts. And and so that is kind of a broad, you know, goal, it seems to me when I read that. But I know about you. I know that you are a butt kicker in business and in life. And you and I used to work together. And I was highly impressed with you. You whipped my butt into shape. I was like, oh, please, I don't want to do anymore. And you were like, girl, do it. So tell people all about your butt kicking. I will. It is a broad statement. I always say people ask, what do you do? I'm like, I help people get shit done. And they're like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, well, it means a lot of things. 
Like, what do you need? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it all started basically, like, I have a knack for organization and time management. I have a background in operations management and event planning. And so I have a just like a sixth sense for taking all of the details and making them work in a really great way. And so I started out helping people. That's what you and I worked on together was like, let's figure out how to make all of these amazingly awesome things happen at the same time um, and still have a life and be able to breathe and that sort of thing. And so I, when I first came into the the online space, um, especially doing my own thing, that's, that was my main focus was helping people manage their businesses better and be able to still have a life. And then what I realized was like, Yes, I was helping them make more money and manage their businesses, which was amazing, but I was also helping them have better lives, which yeah. was so rewarding. And like that was one of those moments where like the light bulb went off. I'm like, this is what I'm here for is to show people that the way you're quote unquote supposed to do something isn't necessarily the the answer for you. Um, every single person's different. What's cool is is I help people get really clear on like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is how things are flowing. And I don't like it. And a lot of like people almost feel bad saying that, which is really funny. They're like, oh, well, you know, it's fine. I'm like, no, but is it really fine? And most most time it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. And it's amazing. Is it a situation too, where sometimes people don't even know they need that kind of help? 100%. 100%. So it's it's definitely a tricky subject, honestly, because people will come to me a lot of times and they're like, my business and my team is growing and I need X, Y, and Z to help me figure that out. I'm like, awesome. And we'll, we'll break that down. But then what they end up realizing it is it's like limiting beliefs, it's mindset, it's personal practice. Like there's a lot of things with us as individuals, which that stop us. And I think we all know that, but we yeah. don't want to admit it. And we don't want to talk about it. And so that's kind of the cool thing that I, I seem to have the gift for is that I can have that like, let's kick your ass conversation. But I also, I'm super compassionate. So I'm not judging you. I'm not telling you you're, you know, you're not good enough. You're a loser. Instead, I'm like, hey, that's real life. Like, let's figure out how to shift that for you. And like, you're allowed to feel your feelings. Like, this is real. It's happening for a reason. Let's use it to our advantage um, and be able to maneuver things around. And what's crazy about the whole thing was, is that it wasn't until like six months ago, probably, that I realized that the reason I'm so damn good at this is because I've been doing it from being sick all my life. Like I've been doing oh. that like naturally without even thinking about it. I had to do that in my own world. You did have to do that in your own world because you had to be creative when it came to meeting goals, when it came to competing even, because you work with some pretty big names. And so you have to be you have to be able to keep up with them. Like, I love all the people that we work with that are in our circle. They're absolutely fantastic. But, and, and I think they're compassionate people. But at the same time, they're very pragmatic. And if you can't keep up, they're not going to work with you. And we can't, I mean, we, we can expect reasonable accommodation. Absolutely. But there comes a point where if you cannot do the job, it is also reasonable to say, I'm choosing someone else. And I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Like, that's how I lost my job. I was, they were like, can you be here? Can you do this? And I was like, nope, I no longer can. And they were like, great, have a great life. And I was like, you too. <laughs> so, <laughs> because it, I think sometimes people want to use their illness as an excuse 
to accommodate, but to accommodate ridiculously. And that's not fair either. It's about striking this balance of saying, well, I can't do it this way, but I can do it this way. And then the other person being receptive and saying, well, I accept that. And that works for me. So there's a huge amount of communication between what you're doing, how you're helping people and how you're running your own business. 100%. Absolutely. And it's, it's definitely the communication key is point. Like, even if you don't have, if you're not dealing with anything like health related, the number one problem that most people have when it comes to their life flowing the way they want it to, their business flowing the way they want it to is lack of communication. Like that's the number one key problem. And most of the time it comes from the fact that they don't even know what the hell they want clearly in the first place. And so being able to, you know, figure that stuff out really helps iron out a lot of the problems up front. And then you can start tweaking it to make it fit exactly how you want it and find that balance and all kinds of other cool things. But that's what it lines down to. And I think that's what made me such a master at it, though, is that I had to do that. I had no choice. You but, did. Yeah, and, I and, do that in my life. Yeah, and your business has grown exponentially. So what did you do before you became a coach slash miracle worker? <laughs> I love that. Um, I worked in the automotive industry, actually. Um, wow. I, yeah. So I ran a couple of, I guess there's three locations. We did auto body, um, mechanical, and towing. And before that, I was in working insurance, handling property damage claims. And one day I just, I don't, I was at some sort of a charity event or something. And I ran into this gentleman and he said, you know, what do you do? And I explained to him, you know, I handle these claims. He's like, how would you feel about being on the opposite end? Well, I've always had a passion for cars. It's just something I grew up around. Mm-hmm. Um, cars, trucks, motorcycles. It's my dad, you know, and he's like, how would you feel about being on the opposite end? And then he's like, you know, I own this shop, blah, blah, blah. Well, and the rest is history. I went in and I started as like a front desk person, manager, like overseeing some of the receptionists. And then within a year I was overseeing most of the business. And then I was there for almost six years as their operations manager. And the business like tripled while I was there. And it was so many moving pieces and so much culture and so much um, learning. And it was, it was definitely a challenging atmosphere. There was a lot of toxic things that happened there. So many lessons learned. Like I look back at some of the shit that I had to deal with and I'm like, (laughs) damn, I'm like, I'm so glad. Like I obviously in the moment, it wasn't that great, but moving, you know, looking back, I'm like, that helps me so much. And so that's where I was at. Um, That's what I did prior to branching out on my own. That's a huge shift. Mm -hmm. That's a huge shift. So what did that look like for you transitioning from that industry into what you're doing now? It was definitely scary. Um, It wasn't planned. It was something that happened there at the shop that, um, just didn't sit right, basically. And we had a convert. We took like a two week break. We came back. We had a conversation. He's like, "Can I come back from this?" I'm like, "No, we can't. I can't do this anymore." And so I walked out. Like, holy shit! Like, now what am I gonna do? Um, so transitioning into that, I definitely I helped work with some like freelance, like freelance with a few local businesses, helping them organize their systems and re uh, redoing the way they were running things in their own shops. And then I started helping other small businesses, and then realized that I could do it online. And which seemed great. So I'm like, hey, this is just like, now I can talk to all these people and be able to do all these things. And, and it branched from there. But there was not a whole lot of planning involved at that first, <laughs> at the beginning. It's just kind of like, all right, we're going to figure this out and make it work. And I did the same thing. What was crazy is, is that, you know, I think everybody, everybody I've talked to, a lot of people go through the same thing where you leave that corporate more style world where you're busting your ass and you're 
you know, working way more hours than you should be and all this stuff. And then you go into being, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I can do whatever I want. But then you still don't do whatever you want. You stick into that same mindset that you had when you were working in an office. And so it took me probably like a good year before I was like, okay, you can stop trying to kill yourself now. Like (laughs) working 20 hours a day, like let's tone this down a notch and get smarter about how we're going to do this. Oh my gosh. It's so true though, but you remained open to every step of the process. So things coming at you that you could have rejected and said, no, I don't want to do this. It seems to me like you kept learning from it and you kept wanting to learn from it and letting it steer you and guide you in the direction where you needed to go. And you continue to do that. Very true. Very true. It's definitely, I think, um, along with it, when I started when I left the shop, I had hired a coach probably a couple months later. Um, mm. and she helped me a lot with realizing, you know, what I was capable of. But then I started researching a lot of other things about like personal development and allowing myself to expand my mindset. I didn't come from a place where like most people that I grew up around were pretty close minded. I love them, but they were pretty close minded about the way life was supposed to look, you know? And, and so I think that has a lot to do with it where I was like, okay, I really can let this be whatever I want it to be. And so I paid attention to those signs and those things that I did. I have followed some interesting paths just basically almost like intuitively because it felt right. And now have you broadened your coaching business since like the last time you and I worked together, which was a couple of years ago, that seems to have really taken off for you. Yeah, definitely. I absolutely have. So it's, it's more holistic life. I would say. So we talk a lot about every area of life and how they all fit together and how you can't expect everything to flow. I almost, I always describe it as like a ball. So if you have a circle that's made up of four pieces or five pieces or whatever, and one of those pieces is missing, it's not going to roll. And so being able to figure out how to be intentional with your time and where you're putting your attention and looking at whole life in a way of still like, obviously I would say like getting shit done as a lifestyle. And that's what I mean by that is that it has to be, you have to be able to look at all areas. And so I typically like won't even work with someone if they're not open to understanding that every area of their life is connected, because I know that I'm not gonna be able to get them as great of a result as I can if if they're not in that understanding with me. So that would be, I'd say the biggest evolution um, in the coaching since you and I work together is that it is really, obviously, yeah, we talk about making more money and having a better business and growing and stuff like that. But I say we talk more about like, self-awareness and how life is growing and how this is interacting and what's not working and like those types of things in order to make it like more of a balance. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. That's amazing where you've come from to where you are now. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your illness. I want to introduce a new kind of concept to this podcast, which is talking about the silver lining. I think a lot of us get, and I want to qualify this statement, rightfully so, bogged down with just kind of bitching about our condition. It's easy to do. And, and it, and it belongs to us, you know, and we have every right to feel that way and talk about our conditions and all of those things and the symptoms. But I think that it's not productive when we're getting together and talking and sharing about what is helpful in our lives 
because of our illness, like what is the silver lining of your illness? And you had written a piece for SickBiz, which we've shared on the website, and we'll link into the podcast blog as well. It's a very powerful piece. And it was about you being incredibly vulnerable while you were on a business trip. Um, for listeners, it's the sick side of me. I refuse to hide anymore. And you want to make sure you check it out because it was some really amazing writing that you did and sharing with people about how you really had no choice but to let the people in, the people who are around you, to let them into what your reality is because you have a condition that's a little unpredictable. So you're trying to manage it. But also, it seems like until this year, you had tried quite hard to keep that to yourself and to have that just be you and to not quote unquote, like burden anybody with it. I'm not sure if you said burden, I say quote unquote, because I don't think it's a burden. But and I don't want to position it that way. But I think it's just amazing that you had this moment that you kind of had to live out loud and you shared it on Facebook and then you wrote about it. So let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah, so <laughs> it was definitely unexpected. It was one of those moments where, so like, you know, to bring that silver lining part back to it, it was one of those moments where I, I had no choice but to share after it happened. It's like, this happened for a reason. You know, um, it, it wasn't unheard of for me to, well, let's put it this way. It was regular for me for almost every business trip I took. I would get sick. I would I would always go a day early um, and stay a day late because I knew that it was going to, especially going to a conference or something, like all that energy is just so draining. And I didn't want to get on an airplane and be sick. I've done it. It's the worst. <laughs> like I try oh, to avoid God. that at any cost. It's so bad. And so that's how I would always operate. And uh and not everybody knew that, you know, they thought I was just like living this like super luxurious life where I got everywhere a day early and stayed a day late because I was so fancy, you know, and I'm like, or it's because I'm going to throw up for an entire day. Once I get there, it's going to be great. Um, wow. But, yeah. And so it was definitely one of those things. Where I'll be very honest. Like I've worked with so many coaches in my own world like for my message and how to, you know, be more authentic and like really share and like deal with overcoming the fear around that and why it's a good thing and all this different stuff and sharing about my physical illness was never something that even popped up in my mind. I'm not even kidding. I had this moment where so this all happened. I was in Arizona. The the piece that I wrote, I was sitting in Arizona and it was like the next day and I was thinking, I was like, holy shit. Like I literally never even thought about sharing the depths of this and how this could be just another, I mean, it's just obviously just another piece of my story and, and what makes me who I am. But I never shared it in depth and it never even occurred to me because it had always just been something that I dealt with mm -hmm. um, and something that I was almost ashamed of in a way just because I don't have like a clear diagnosis of exactly what's wrong with me. They've never been able to give that to me. And so I almost felt stupid like, well, nobody gets it. It's, you know, it's different when you have you can give somebody like a textbook definition and they're like, oh, yeah, OK. So I never really said a lot about it. And I feel like that was one of those moments where I was forced to say, OK, listen, this is another factor that you can use to help people and share this is a part of who you are and I never really I didn't really know where that was going to go or or how it was even going to come out when I sat down to write that but I knew I had to and yeah. to, sh to share the depth of that like and you know how Facebook pops up those memories you see like yeah. ago. <laughs> thanks Facebook I know right <laughs> so when I started I started noticing that there were moments where 
I would sort of mention that I was nauseous all the time or like, hey, I overcome this or this is why I started, you know, weight training specifically was for this reason. Like, and I would like sprinkle it in. And to me, and it's so funny because I look at it now and I'm like, to me, I thought I was being so clear. <laughs> I'm like, How don't people know this is a thing? Like, I'm so confused. And so, yeah, I, I was, it was definitely um, an eye-opening experience for me to say like, listen, you're just going to lay it out there. Just rip it open and show everybody the truth of that. And that's not a bad thing. And it was, it was something that I always felt like was a bad thing for me to share. Like, that's negative. I don't want to tell people about that. But yep. it's, it's not, it's just a part of who I am. It is not. And everybody, we just seem to like be trying to overcome the perception that any associated or perceived weakness, it, it's just, it's wrong or a difference is a weakness. You know, this is different about my health. It's a weakness. Um, this is a factor in how I live every day. Oh, that's a weakness because you're out of like the norm club. Like you're not at the cool kids table anymore. Right. You know, all, all the cool kids who don't have physical ailments, that's their table, man. You know, like it's just, it's ridiculous. We all have something. It's crazy. And the more that, and I'm sure you've seen this, the more that you get into working in this area with life and business coaches and with self-made people, you probably are seeing that. But people don't talk about it. They don't share of themselves. They they keep it to themselves and they think that, well, this is mine. I don't want to be a burden or I don't want to per be perceived in this way. You know, it's hard to be a human being mm -hmm. and it is impossible to be a human being who doesn't have a dang thing wrong with them. Yep. Everybody has something. And I'm glad you're not wasting your pain because otherwise it's like, why are you suffering? What's the point of this suffering if we're not getting anything about it? So the silver lining is a beautiful piece and you've allowed it to lead you into where you're supposed to go, which I think is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So you don't have a diagnosis. And to that, I want to say, you know what? I think too much emphasis or weight is put on having a diagnosis because sometimes it means nothing. Right. No you know, problem. it's like, well, this is what you have and there's nothing to do. Great. Thank you very much. Here's my $2,500. Please go away, doctor. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. No, I agree. I definitely agree. So it's, it's definitely, it, it's, I feel like either way, obviously yeah. you're going to have, everyone's going to try to give you every piece of advice they can possibly give you about what they think is wrong with you. Um, but, and that was part of the fear. It was also why I didn't talk about it because when I would mention it, um, so basically like the easiest way to describe the closest way to describe what goes on with my body is that I'm like severely hypoglycemic. Okay. Um, but then my body also processes food like extremely faster than most people's. So I have to constantly be taking in nutrients or I get super sick and really weak. And it's, it's, and it lasts for days if I let it get out of, you know, one day that's off or whatever. So that's a part of it that they really don't know. So I've had to self, I've had to figure it out. Basically, there were years um, where I was pricking my finger a million times a day, like what food was like lasting with me and keeping my blood sugar more stable longer and just different things like that, which, which now in the moment that sucked and it was terrible and it pissed me off because no one could give me an answer and help me. 
But now looking at that, I'm like, what the hell? I mean, I see that now and I'm like, there's nothing I can't figure out. If I could figure out at least what I can do to, to maintain this better than I ever have before, then what can't, what can't I figure out? You know? Um, so you, okay. So every day then, so your diet has changed completely. Yes. 100%. And it's okay. So, and, and it's very specific. It is. It's very specific. I basically ruled out what um, types of foods would make me more lethargic or sick or go and I always call it like go into a food coma, but basically that means my sugar would be unstable. But yeah. mm-hmm. figuring that out, whether it was a specific type of food or for one, one big piece for me is like processed food in general. Anything coming out of, basically anything coming out of a box or the freezer, not a good answer for me. Um, Mm -hmm. and I've figured that out and, you know, different whole foods and sometimes even specific whole foods still don't work well. And, and just kind of figuring that out by testing it and and documenting it and figuring out what works best. So my diet can be pretty damn boring, but if Mm -hmm. I eat, you know, if I eat that specific way, then I feel the best. So that's, well, yeah, you know, and, but how do you deal with that in terms of like your mindset when, because there are people listening who are dealing with that. Like if they want to feel better, they have to eat better. And it's not, it's not a uh, situation where it's like, oh, I just want to lose a couple of pounds or, you know, I, I want to have less indigestion or whatever. It is literally a quality of life situation and they're angry about it and they don't want to do it. And you've been there. What have you done? What type of mindset work have you done to help yourself overcome that? I'm so glad you bring that up because it is the most, I feel like it's almost the most important piece because I still battle it all the time. I get pissed off at myself all the time mm-hmm. because I don't want to eat that way. Like I think I don't want to do this. And I literally, and it, it's like an internal battle. And what I've realized is that I ask myself a lot or I remind myself basically of like the term predictable results. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's like, listen, I literally have these conversations in my own head. Like, if you don't do this, you know how you're going to feel tomorrow. Mm-hmm. If you don't do this, you know how you're going to feel later or whatever. Like, is it worth it? And that's my biggest question. It's like, is it worth that? Is it worth doing this knowing that it's going to disrupt your life mm-hmm. tomorrow? And now, granted, still there are, and that's when the anger for me, like, here's a big piece of the mindset for me because I can eat perfectly. And I can be completely on point with everything. And sometimes my body just does it anyways. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what happened in Arizona. That when I wrote that, I had done everything right. I saw that. The whole trip. And so, and that's what really pisses me off. And that's where the mindset and the frustration comes into play. And it's, it's definitely, it can beat you down really bad. And it can make you feel really terrible about yourself and really hopeful, hopeless. And so one of the pieces of that is that I will, and I do a lot of, I'm a journaling person. I write a lot. I do a lot of journaling because it Mm -hmm. helps me get stuff out of my head. And so I will make a point that when those things happen, I write like, what's the reality of this situation? Was, did I do something wrong here? No, I didn't. I did what I was supposed to do. This was beyond my control and that's okay. And you kind of have to let it go and it's okay to be mad about it. And that's what I will like literally tell myself. It's okay to be pissed off about it, but that doesn't mean you don't make the decision you know you need to make, you know, about what you're going to, what you're going to eat. It's okay to be pissed. It's okay to think, that, and it took me a long time to be able to say, you know what, it's okay for me to be mad that this is my reality sometimes because it, it is frustrating. 
um, as I used to feel bad or feel really guilty. You know, being around new people, holy shit, oh, like the yeah. worst. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, well, then you just have to go into your whole, like, diatribe of this is where I started, this is where I am, here we are. And, the, and, and people are like, what? What is happening with you? And you're like, and I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time right now. You know, and, and I think this is a huge differentiating point that is a huge takeaway today, which is it is okay to be mad. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to feel like this is unfair. It is okay to have all of those emotions, but we are not to make decisions in that highly emotional state stemming from those emotions. Like we still need to keep on track. You know, like I know I'm going to screw myself big time if I cannot control my sugar cravings. I will screw myself big time. I will mess with my ability to take in a deep breath. I will mess with my ability to walk, you know, and this is this is common in people with obviously transverse myelitis, but in multiple sclerosis as well, because their sister, you know, their sister, ugly, fat fucking sister diseases. And so... <laughs> How do I really feel? What is, <laughs> why don't you mask more of your true feelings? Um, but it, it's common. And I love that you've made the point of saying have those emotions and have those feelings, but still do what's best for you. That's okay to do that. And the beautiful thing that came out of this whole thing is that you allowed yourself to be loved. No, yes. I can't even... Like I'm covered in goosebumps when you just said that because I used to, I didn't realize how much I needed that. I didn't realize how much, how beneficial that could be to me to just allow people, allowing people to see what was really going on. They weren't judging me. They weren't thinking I was weak and, and stupid and messed up and there was something wrong with me. Instead, all they wanted to do was take care of me and help me. Right. And that's, right. Okay, and that's okay. And sometimes I feel like we do get so pissed off and we are so angry, but like maybe we don't want to let people help us because then it makes you feel you know, you think, well, here's how I used to think. I used to think it was going to make me feel worse if I let somebody help me. But instead, no, it made me feel a lot better. You know, it, it made me feel like, okay, this is, this isn't, this isn't the worst thing in the world for people to know about me. It's okay. Um, and I did, I let them love me. And it's, it's, I've been to a couple of events actually since then with a couple of people that are in that circle, that particular circle that was at the event I was at. And it was funny how during the day we'd take like a break or something and one of them would come up to me and really quietly, hey, Jamie, are you okay? Do you feel okay? I'm like, yeah, I feel good. They're like, all right, I'm just making sure. And I'm like, That's oh, awesome. my heart's going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, when you're publicly ill, it's one thing. Like if you can hide your condition or whatever, and a lot of people do, they go about life, you know, feeling like crap and their joints are aching and it's hard to walk and all these things. Um, but they can hide it. But when you are publicly ill, you know, you really didn't have a choice. I mean, you could have fought everybody like a Tasmanian devil, like, get out of here. No, you know, you could have yeah. done that. But and maybe that went through your mind, you know, it, and it does go through your mind. But when we push people away we lose out on the love that they want to give us. And it's just an amazing moment of clarity when that happens of I can fall and I'm still strong. I can stumble 
and I'm still strong. And the perception of who I am, the impression that I make on people doesn't change ever. Yeah, that was, yeah, it's so powerful. It's a very powerful realization. Um, that was, because that weekend, I mean, it was the end of, an, of a three-day event, you know, and so everybody had, I'd been in front of these people all weekend, and I, I even wrote that, and what I said, like, it's okay for me to realize that I can be both of these people. Like, me feeling this way and having this illness doesn't make me any less powerful. And something that was really interesting and that I think is a great point that I want to make is I had a, a friend of mine who I, more like, I guess she's an acquaintance kind of, but we've been to several different business functions together across the country. And she sent me a message. It was like, Jamie, I need you to understand that like, you have no idea. Like I already had respect for you before, but to know that like you go on, even though how challenging it is for you to travel and do these things, the fact that you still do that. She's like, I'm, and to me, I just never even thought, I'm like, Oh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even, you know what I mean? I was like, okay. Yeah. So, but in that moment, I said, no, let yourself take that compliment because that is a compliment. And I never thought of it before like that, you know. And so it was a it was a beautiful thing to hear that. And I was like, oh, okay. And we, we get to accept these gifts. <laughs> yeah. You know, exactly. sometimes we don't. Like there are very few gifts that come along with these conditions. So when a gift comes along that that the giver has an intention of giving us, we get to accept those and we actually even get to enjoy them and say, wow, this feels really good. You contributed to the narrative on this. You contributed to the overall conversation, to the awareness that people need to hear. It's okay to say, I'm struggling. I don't feel good. I have this about me. I live with it. You know, and we're not. Um, we're not talking about using this as an excuse in any way, shape or form, because it, it's, it's almost a fine line in a way of saying like, I'm sick. I don't feel well. This is my reality right now, but it still means you try. It still means you try your hardest. And if at some point you just can't try anymore and you need to take a rest, that's okay too. But this, this podcast is not for people who make excuses and who use their illnesses to make an excuse. And I think we should dive into that on another episode because there's a reason behind why people use it as an excuse. And I'm sure that you know the answer to that because you work with people to help them overcome their excuses all damn day long. Yeah. You know, but it's 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 not to take your... And maybe this is why people are afraid to talk about it is because... Well, if we all start talking about it, it's going to be this watershed of people who say, well, I don't feel good. My tummy's upset. I can't do this. And I, and that's not the freaking point. <laughs> right. And I'm sure yeah. you, I'm sure you hear from people where you're like, you know, sometimes I just want to go, okay, you're making your reality what it is because you're choosing your reality. You have chosen your reality to be spectacular. You have refused to be defined by your physical conditions and I think that's amazing I think that's a great point too is that I mean it's the same thing with anybody if people have been through any sort of trauma I have this conversation with with clients a lot I'm like yes that happened to you mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to define who you are that doesn't have to be where you choose to plant your flag and make this is all this is the only thing that makes me who I am and I think that's the same thing when you have something that 
you know, a health issues or, or some sort of a condition that you deal with every single day. It is just a part, it's a part of who you are. And now it might not always be the most exciting and pleasant part of who you are. It's still a part of it. And there is a big thing around understanding that that's just, it becomes something that you just, you have to give attention to, obviously. But like I said, you like, or like you said, it's not an, ex it's real. There's reality there. Like I can choose for my day, my life to be what it is. And I love my life and I've created it by design. But the reality of that is that some days my body just says, nope. Do I use that as an excuse? Absolutely not. Right. But You're I, answering what you need. Exactly. And I mm -hmm. feel like that's paying attention, pay, being able to see the reality of, of the situation for what it is versus using it as an excuse is a big thing. It's a huge thing. It's why my husband loses his mind whenever he sees somebody who is obviously not supposed to be in the handicap area. Like if they're dancing around and whatever, like he just loses his shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, you know, and I talk to him, I'm like, maybe they have an invisible illness. They'll be like, okay, they're dancing. I don't think that's the case. You know, like this, <laughs> we need to write this injustice right now. And there's, it, it, this is a mindset shift for people of people who want to use their disease or condition as an excuse are coming from a place of, I believe, lack. They or um, a lack of self-confidence in who they are, self-management or whatever. So I'm glad that we define that for people because you're choosing every single day to put yourself first and your dreams first and your custom design life first your experiences first. And that is the takeaway that people need to get out of this podcast is that yeah. you, you've remained open. You've remained self coachable, I think is what you've remained. Ah, I love that. That's a great term. Mm -hmm. You know, something that you said earlier, I feel like ties right into this. That's big is that maybe part of that where people are choosing to not make the excuses. I feel like maybe sometimes using it as an excuse comes from that place of when you're in that, those emotions, um, you're in the emotion of being frustrated or angry or sad, or like, this isn't fair. And you do make a decision there in that state of mind, because I think we've all been there. I had to teach myself to not make decisions in that emotion because I, I know that it's misguided and it's not clear. Um, but I feel like it's, it's easy to get caught up in that until you become aware of it. So I think, you know, you bring that into play where, for example, when I get soup, when, when I, my body decides to do whatever it's going to do, my sugar levels are all over the place. And my emotional state is like, I can't even describe it. It's in, I'm like crying. I am so scared. I'm sad. I'm like all of these things almost where I, I really, truly like can't control it. And I used to make not big decisions, but I would say things or make phone calls or do different things in that emotional state. And then I would feel terrible afterwards about it mm -hmm. or, or be, feel guilty or stupid or whatever it may be. And what I learned to do is just allow myself to be in that moment. But like you said, not make any kind of decisions or big decisions in that moment, because I feel like that might be, as you were speaking, it kind of came full circle for me. That might be where some people do allow it to be an excuse is because they're choosing to make a decision in that emotional state. Yeah. And this is the difference between clarity and being misguided. I think you, you talked about being clear and you talked about being misguided and that is, that's a huge difference. 
to come from that state of it. And this should really be the rule. You know, if you're if you're going through an emotional circus, right, you're all over the place, you're angry, you had a bad day, things are boiling up and you start to think about what my life was like before or what why can't I have that life over there or whatever the case is. I think it's vitally important to have rules and not just rules about and I'm not going to eat this way, but rules about I'm not going to reach out this way. I'm not going to talk to anybody this way. I'm not going to make a long term decision this way about my life. I'm going to just accept it. And it's really important for us to make those rules if we are Sometimes people are more volatile than others as well. They might be just more passionate and so they feel sadness more or anger more, frustration more or injustice more. And they feel really compelled to take those feelings in and just wring the hell out of them. And for those people in particular, I think it makes sense to have those rules and say, I'm recognizing where I am right now. I know I'm not calm. I know I'm crying. I know I'm so angry right now. I know everything feels unfair. So I'm going to just feel that. I'm going to work through that. You know, when you're having a fight, for example, they have places, and I have yet to find one in Minnesota. Maybe after this podcast, I'll go and look for one. And I'm not sure if you have one where you are, but they have places where you can go and just break shit. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Right? Like sign me up yesterday. I want to break all the shit and also <laughs> bring my own shit to break. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like all the old dishes you don't want or whatever. Can I bring all that? It's finding these constructive ways to work through your emotion. You're a writer. I'm a writer. That's that's one way to do it. But it's also getting to the acceptance level of, and that's a hard thing to do, to get to the acceptance level of this is how it is, this is how it will be, this is how I handle it, and I accept it. Can we ever truly accept our conditions? Right. What do you think about that? Um, I mean, I think in a way we have to, to an extent, you know. Um Meaning, well, I don't think that came out right. I think we we need to. Ah, accept our conditions. I would say maybe fitting that into what our actual reality is more so than accepting it, if that makes sense. Like you're kind of like, okay, so here's the situation. How do I make that fit into what, obviously what you need in those moments, because sometimes you do need specific things. Maybe you do need to go break shit. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> like, listening to what you need, but then also being able to to fit in what you have, like, what you need to do in order to, for your job or your business or whatever it is that you're doing, being able to put all that stuff together. So I guess it is a level of acceptance, but it's also a level of, of controlling what you can control as well. I think it's kind of a balance. Wow, that is really smart. <laughs> instead of like, seriously, like instead of forcing ourselves to accept, 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 it is to look at the reality of the situation and give the situation what it needs. That is really smart. That is stepping back 
and being completely objective, almost like an out-of-body experience, being, <laughs> being completely objective and saying, you know what? This is what the situation calls for. I think that's brilliant. Seriously. Well, thanks. I feel like that's kind of the, um, that's a project manager in me, but yeah, that's something that I would say has always been the way my brain works. Like I'm very observant when it comes to being able to looking at the big picture like that. And so maybe that's your, like, it's like a gift, but <laughs> you're project managing your disease. Seriously. You're freaking project managing your freaking fracking disease, lady. Mm -hmm. This is crazy and blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a great place to end because, wow, I actually had prepared a game for us, a word association game, but we'll have to do that next time because we just went all these wonderful places and I'm so glad that you were on today and that you shared so much of yourself and you continue to do it and you continue to shatter the stigma of living and working with something that is trying its damnedest to hold you back, but will never succeed. Thank you. Thank that you was, so much. The way you just worded that is so beautiful. I appreciate that so much. It means the, like, it means the world to me, honestly, to be able to have conversations with people who understand, first of all, but then that are constructive, better constructive conversations around the topic. It's, it's so important. Absolutely. Well, we'll continue the conversation when we have you back. Awesome. Sounds good to me. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Jamie Thurber steadfastly refuses to let her body's mood make up her mind about how she will contribute to life. She refuses to be defined by limitations and instead seeks to share her experiences and her pain so that other people can benefit, so they can feel less alone in their personal struggles. I happen to know she also kicks ass in project management, so I urge you to contact her if you need your butt kicked in business. And hell, just in your life, to get in touch with Jamie, please email her at me at jamietherber.com and we will have her email address ready for you on the Sick Biz Buzz blog. Did you like what you heard? Please listen, subscribe, share, and leave a review for Sick Biz Buzz wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to visit sickbiz.com for some of the greatest, most inspirational content, resources, hacks, and support that's available to our very special community of chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs, freelancers, and remote workers. You can listen to the podcast, find a job if you need to on our job board, and we always have new opportunities coming up with different companies to allow you a variety of choices for your professional occupation. In addition, if you are feeling like you could use some mental health support, we've got you covered. We're working in conjunction with a couple of mental health resources to make sure that our beautiful community is taken care of and there's no stigma for reaching out and getting the help that you need. In fact, in this world today, it is becoming rarer for people not to need some assistant, assistance in their life to move forward and to overcome emotional and mental hurdles. Finally, don't forget to text SICKBIZ to 36260 and receive our resources in the palm of your hand. Yes, that's right. You can get it right to your phone and listen to our podcast, look for a job online, a mental health resource, or simply immerse yourself into one of our many blogs 
offering the tools that you need to get ahead. So much inspiration, so much encouragement, so much love and acceptance is waiting for you. You might even think of this app as a coach in your pockets. We have lots of other things coming up as well, and you will want to be part of our SickBiz Facebook group. We'll be auctioning off a painting by a very well-known artist, and we are always running some sort of promotion or giveaway. And it's a lot of fun and certainly not to be missed. That's it for today's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Until next time, be well.